shotglassdigital.com. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, we're kind of impromptu getting into it. We're going to have some friends come on and chit-chat with them about some things. We're going to talk about some geeky stuff and just have a good time. On your safe place to geek out, this is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. again everyone and welcome to geek out loud your safe place to geek out on the internet my name is steve gloss and so glad to be along with you gonna have a good time on this show because honestly we've been talking about it for a while we're gonna jump in the mailbag and uh and try to clear that bad boy out tonight we're gonna have some folks talk to us uh as we get them to call in it's very impromptu this is something i don't like doing with geek out loud but we're gonna do it anyway we'll do it live i'll write it and we'll do it live so that's what we're doing. We're going we're going nuts here, man, on the Geek Out Loud. Before we get into it, though, I want to say thanks to everyone who uses the Amazon links at Geek Out Podcast and geekoutonline.com. I've been saying this for months now, and I mean it every time I say it. Thank you so much for using those links. It helps the show out tremendously. Helps us pay for all kinds of hosting fees and that sort of thing. And it, and it keeps us going perpetually. So if you do any shopping at Amazon, please head over to geekoutpodcast.com or geekoutonline.com and use those links to do so. And, uh, you know, I think you're supposed to clear your cookies before you do that, but it helps the shows out in a big, bad way. And I'll tell you something else that helps the shows out. Uh, we have the whole Goaliverse over at geekoutpodcast.com, and there are links where you can subscribe to each show on iTunes. Please do that. Subscribe to our shows, uh, especially the ones you dig. You know, Disney Vault Talk, Rock Out Loud, Mark Out Loud, Know What I'm Saying, uh, Rebel Rebel Yell. It's all there. And uh, if you'd help us out by subscribing to those things and then going to their respective iTunes pages and leaving reviews, it really helps us out. Geek Out Loud, we need those reviews. Uh, ever since we've, we've finally got the feed separated in a way that didn't cause utter chaos, um, man, Geek Out Loud has gone the way of the dinosaur as far as being in the What's Hot section. So help us out. Your reviews really help and let people know about the shows and, and, and what's going on. So please do that for us, and we'd greatly, greatly appreciate that. If you want to support the shows directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, and that means the world to me that you guys would do that. Those of you who support us, we'd greatly appreciate that. Our featured supporter from the Wall of Fame this week is Keith Walters, slipping in and out of the shadows expertly due to his powers of invisibility and intangibility. 
evil. Never saw him coming. That's Keith Walters, our featured supporter this week on Geek Out Loud. Uh, a lot of you guys know that uh, one of the things I enjoy doing most is just sitting around and talking geeky stuff with people. And uh, and someone who I've found that I just absolutely love his perspective and in, in talking about things of, of the geek nature with is, is a man I call friend. He is Scott Rifen uh, from Dinner for Geeks and My Star Wars Story and other shows. Uh, if you haven't been listening to My Star Wars Story, you're missing out. If you haven't been listening to Dinner for Geeks, well, you know, you don't know who Ron is, and that's a loss for everybody. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Scott Rifen. What's going on, man? Did you say that I'm a man you like to call Fred? Friend. friend. Oh, oh, okay. That, that makes better I sense. I mean, I can call you Fred. I'd, I'd prefer you if you didn't. Okay, well, I don't know. I'm, I mean, what you got against some Freds, man? I got nothing against Freds. However, I am not one. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. You know, hey, let's not call me the name that's not mine. You know, I mean, that goes even beyond the bounds of nickname. Hey, Fred, yeah. there's, a, there's a guy that works with us at, at, at the restaurant where I cook, and his first day, his name is Patrick, and his first day there, uh, he introduced himself, and people were saying hello, and our dishwasher turned to me and said, as as a guy walked out, he said, "Did he say his name's Pete?" I'm like, "No." He said, "Patrick." I said, "But I'm going to call him Pete." From and now he's, on, and the guy looked at me and said, "You won't, you won't." So he walked back in, and I said, "Hey, Patrick." He's like, "Yeah." I said, "Can I call you Pete?" He's like, "I mean, I guess you can call me anything you want." And so he is now Pete around there to everybody. <laughs> Disrespectful, maybe. Funny, <laughs> yes. <laughs> By the way, just so you know, this is how dedicated I am to the Goliverse. I got out of bed to come do this show. With oh you. man! Well, you were online, and I didn't know if you were. Well, if you, apologies to your wife. No, I was. Well, I was. I was iPadding it, and yeah. I was just getting ready to wind. I just got back from rehearsal, actually. What are you rehearsing now? We are doing another radio play at the Ritz Theater in beautiful downtown Brunswick, GA. Uh, we're doing the Wizard of Oz. Oh, and who are you? I'm the Wizard. No way. Yes. You're the man behind the curtain? Absolutely. Wow. Pay I know, well, you know, the funny, I wasn't going to do it because I have a Disney trip scheduled right in the middle of the show dates. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, sorry, I've got travel plans. I can't do it. And they said, oh, and then about a week after the auditions, they came back and said, are you sure you're not going to do it? I said, no, not going to do it. So I came back another week later and went, we don't have enough guys. Well <laughs> <laughs> can, so can we'll, you, we'll work around your travel dates. Can you do it? And uh, so I said, yeah, sure. And it's it's nice, though, because it's a small part. It's not like when I was doing uh, George Bailey, which almost killed me. Right. So. Merry Christmas, you old savings and loan. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're going to be the wizard. Pay no attention yeah. to the man behind the curtain. Yes. And, and, and we won't. No. <laughs> Nobody ever does. Dude, I was so excited last week um, mm. to see a new Dinner for Geeks come up on the feed. <laughs> like I don't demand I'm not one of these people you know like I, I never asked you about it I don't go on Twitter and be like hey guys where's the next where's the next dinner for geeks I can't stand it when people do that to me about various shows and so I didn't say anything to you but when it came up I'm like yes they're not mad at each other well no we, well we were but oh. we got over it well that's but, good uh, but we were a lot of what it had to do with was I got we all had some because it, it really is us getting together and having dinner right and so there are times when our schedules don't don't match up, mm -hmm. 
And there are times when I get deathly. I got really sick last month. Yeah, I heard you talking about that. Plus, you were working like a madman, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I was doing you know, 12, 14-hour days, mm-hmm. seven-day weeks, because we had this big computer install project, which, by the way, uh, we're one of three markets in the entire company that is getting this brand-new software that nobody knows how it works. That's good. That, that'll, that'll cause things to run very smoothly. Yeah, yeah. It's been a, it's, that's what I was doing. I, lied, I, went, I was going to bed, and I was logging in to make sure the computers were still working. <laughs> and then it said, uh, you know, Geek Out Loud is going on. I said, oh, well, i got to see what, what's going on just, with the Goliverse here. And now I'm up and... At the microphone. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on with the Goliverse. I actually started broadcasting just by force of habit. I was sitting here editing some other stuff, and I'm like, oh, well, I'm on now. And so <laughs> here we go. Um, so so anyhow, I was really excited to see that happen. Let me ask you this, speaking of The Wizard of Oz. Yes. You got you, Ron, Ryan, and Jeff. Yes. Of the four of you, who, if if you guys were somehow placed in Wizard of Oz world, <laughs> who's Dorothy? Who's Scarecrow? Who's the Tin Man? Who's the Cowardly Lion? Oh boy! I see. I thought you were going to say if you guys were stuck in a life raft and you had to eat one of you, which oh, one no, would it be? No, I mean um, in my situation, I never go that situation because I'm always the first to go. You're you're the first one that gets eaten. Yeah, the most meat, man. Okay. <laughs> uh, Dorothy, the Tin Man, the Wizard, uh, no, the, the Cowardly Lion, and the Scarecrow. Um. You got no heart, no brain, no courage, and a little girl. <laughs> this is, boy, this is tough. Why did you do that to me? I just want, I mean, like, uh, immediately, I go to, I kind of go to Ron as Tin Man. No heart? Yeah, no heart. No, you know, I'd, I'd give Ryan no heart. Uh, in Touche. <laughs> touche. Ryan's a, well, you know, there are just certain things Ryan just doesn't care about. Ronald's got a heart. I'd, I'd say Ron's the lion. No courage. He just kind of, yeah, okay. okay. But it's, you're just trying to start a fight. That's all, all right. this is. Jeff, no I'm brains? taking the bait. Is Jeff huh? no brains or is he Dorothy? Well, well, Jeff, I guess I'm Dorothy because Jeff follows, <laughs> you know, Jeff is Jeff is, shares my brain. Okay, so. that's okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron's a little girl. I mean, I mean Scott's a little girl. <laughs> I'm a little girl. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Well, I'll make, I'll get on. T- I'll get in touch with those guys on Facebook. Like you've yeah, got to listen to the latest Geek Out Loud. Yeah, there so, won't be another dinner for geeks for six months a, now. Thanks. Well, that, Thanks. I, that's my personal core four. <laughs> so, I mean, let's be honest. If I end up sitting in on a dinner with you guys, that makes me Toto. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, love isn't always on time, Steve. That's right. Well, so, <laughs> Um So uh, I miss the rains down there. I bless the rains I, down there for <laughs> I bless them. Just bless them. Bless yeah, them. Yeah, well, you can miss them while you're blessed. Yeah, and the, the line is, I bless the rains, not miss, yes. right? Yeah, okay. Yes. You're so, correct. Thank you. I, that was that took years to work out of my system because I used to think miss. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just kind of automatically say that when you start quoting lines. Not that I'm always yeah. run, running around quoting lines from Toto in Africa. <laughs> sure. Rosanna. Nope. See, I had a my brother was six years older than I was, so I'd get that stuff slapped out of me when it was you know he was big. If it, the lyrics had to be right, so if I did, I missed the range. I said, "Sure, it's not right." He's you like, know. "Say it, say it, say right. it right." Yeah, I hear you. Um, well, hey, I want to get you on because you're doing something that I'm not doing on a regular basis, and I you said we may open up a can of worms, but I feel like as two <laughs> as, as two white males in America that we have the most right to speak on the subject. Um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> 
Star Wars in comics, uh, Marvel has taken over. We know this. They're mm-hmm. what two or three issues into the Star Wars, just Star Wars. Yeah, they're three issues or two issues in. Three, 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 three issues in. They have since the launch of Star Wars number one, Princess Leia, Darth Vader, mm-hmm. and now I guess today Kanan. Kanan came out today. Yes. It's Kanan. Come on now. <laughs> That's now listen. what Freddie Prince Jr. called it on a podcast today. Really? He was on Coffee with Kenobi. Yeah. Well, he was joking. But okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, get me up to speed. What's happening in the Star Wars comics? Because okay, I've not I'm, read any of them. Uh, hey, how about that? My Star Wars story. Isn't that great? Oh my gosh! With John Jackson <laughs> Miller, it was awesome. Um, you asked him a question, and an hour later, he's like. All right, next question. <laughs> yeah, that was almost real time, too. I didn't do a job on that. You I mean, like you can tell, the guy didn't breathe. No, no. He was it doing was that, the- he was doing that, uh, that Kenny G circular breathing thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, spoiler alert, guys. What's happening in Star Wars comics? I mean, just give me an overall synopsis, real quick. Um, I honestly, and see, the, the, I see. Here, here's what you're doing to me, Steve. Yeah. You know, I've been a fan for since I was six years old. Mm-hmm. And it's really only in the last couple of years that I've gotten out and into online fandom and the podcasting. And I'm making a lot of new, wonderful friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to make me lose them all. No, not at all. So- <laughs> not at all. There's a way to talk about things you don't like without being... You can disagree now, without being disagreeable. No, you're right about that. And uh, My beef... My biggest beef, I guess, with the main Marvel Star Wars title is it's too much too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, the first issue I didn't mind, but it seemed a little too much too soon. And then the second issue, it seemed even more too much too soon. You know, I, I guess I think long game on this. Sure. Uh, the, first, the first story arc in the Marvel Star Wars is just supposed to be shortly after the Death Star explosion. And by issue two, Vader and Luke are smashing sabers with each other. Really? And Yeah, and I just I don't want that yet. No. I, I'm I'm a foreplay guy. Do you feel like the Empire's the first time they should be meeting up? It doesn't have to be. Right. I mean, you know, they, they actually did kind of a, a fake out of it in the original Marvel Star. And see, that's, I think, another part of the problem is they're retelling stories from an era that I had 30 years to fill in those gaps, and I know how, right. they, how they're filled to me. Mm-hmm. And now they're refilling them in a very different way. You're having to unlearn all that you've learned. Yeah, I'm having to unlearn all that I've learned. Um, and if you read the, I think it's Marvel Star Wars 35 to 37, that that's a good way that they set it up. They had a Luke Vader confrontation, but they didn't have to really go at it. And they, you know, it, it still, they still came face to face and yet it didn't ruin the confrontation later in Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. And and again, I just I just think that with the Star Wars thing, they ought to take it a bite at a time. That's all. Yeah, yeah. Just, it it really yeah. does feel flood the marketish. Yeah, you know, with all the titles and all the variants for crying out loud <laughs> that are out there. Yeah. Now what's now this Princess Leia comic? I heard you talking about it, and you said it starts like after the speech, or someone said it starts <sighs> immediately after the 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 medal ceremony. You're making me say everything I don't like. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. pretty. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. I don't, see. I don't. I don't like it because it's like General Adana steps right in the middle of the end of the ceremony. And goes all right. That's it. Get back to work. <laughs> Coffee breaks over. <laughs> and I just. I feel like they would have 
kind of concluded the ceremony and broken up, and then maybe regather and, and shook start some the hands. Other stuff. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, it, you've got everyone there. You need to make the announcement, guys. They know where we're at. Run. <laughs> I know, but it's just like, come on. This is a, we're celebrating here. Let's 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 party it up a little bit, and then not just step in and go. All right, kids, that's it. Strike the set. <laughs> so, right. Thanks everyone for setting this up. Now yeah. get away, get away, run. <laughs> Run away. What about the Darth Vader title? Is it any good? I love the Darth Vader title. What's I won't say that. What's happening with it? Is he standing um, up to the Emperor? Is he kind of got showing a backbone? Not yet. Okay. No, I mean, he's he's being sneaky around the Emperor, okay. which is great. Um, I, I I will be honest. I, I thought that would be the one I would like the least because Vader is one of my favorites of the whole saga. Right. But it, it's hard to focus on a villain as the main character. And usually you have to see him through a good person's eyes, you know, good guy's eyes in order to kind of make the villain be the focus of the story and, right. and make it work. But they're making it work and they're doing it from his POV. Hmm. And I knew there was something really special when I got to the opening crawl of the first issue and the opening crawl was written from the empire's perspective. Oh, wow. And it, it, it hadn't even occurred to me that the other crawls were written from the rebellion's perspective right. until I read that. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. That's a cool concept. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, I can't remember what they called it, but they basically referred to the death star as the ultimate peacekeeping, uh, you know, weapon or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just thought that was great. So we get that conversation of you let the death star get blowed up. Yeah. In that. That's what I thought I've heard. Yeah. Yes. And and so how does Vader... I mean, Vader's not just like, you're right. I, you know. He doesn't yeah. start crying on him or anything. Uh, Well, you can... I'll tell you this. He put his coffee down, which I was a little shocked to see. <laughs> was Vader holding coffee? No, what he was... Oh. In, see, that's an old Marvel Star Wars game. Okay, yeah. <laughs> the the original like, Marvel Star Wars adaptation, he's... In the conference, you know where he chokes uh, yes. Marty? Yeah, he's got a cup of coffee. He's got a cup of coffee. Steaming <laughs> cup of Joe. I just like to hold it. Yeah, it just <laughs> makes makes me feel like a man. It's actually Tarkin's. It's a <laughs> Vader's beck and call. Vader, release this. As yeah. you wish. <laughs> as you wish. But uh, no, it, it um, yeah, but Vader's, uh, he's complex. And, you know, it's. It really does give you a good sense of this is the guy who used to be Anakin in here, and I can kind of see a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. He's he's almost a little petulant. Uh, it, it it works for me in a very big way. It's it was it's the biggest surprise of the bunch because it's really the one that I was least looking forward to. Yeah. Um, now, Flix Podcast asked a question in the chat. This is Jason uh, Superclerk, as I know him. Says, is Vader considered a villain anymore? He's been made such a sympathetic character due to the prequels and further stories written that villain <laughs> has villain status been removed. You know what I call him, right? What's that? Well, when the Marvel purchase came out, everybody started saying, oh, Lord, Princess Leia's going to be the latest Disney princess. Remember all that? Yeah. I have said for a long time, Vader is the latest Disney princess. Oh, come on. He is. No. Did you see the Christmas parade last year? No. Every time. You know, the Walt Disney World Christmas parade. Right. They air on ABC every Christmas. And every time they'd go to commercial break, they had Vader in some cutesy pie little situation. Mm. And then you got your t-shirts with him riding on the merry-go-round right. and eating the Mickey ice cream treats. And they have, they have really done a great disservice to Vader by making him cutesy right. a lot more often than they should. Right. I mean, you can't, this is a guy that killed kids. 
Yeah, he, exactly. I mean, and, with his hands, with his own hands. Yeah, he, and he uh, and, and people who come to apologize to him. Yes. <laughs> You know? Yes. Uh, so I, I feel like they've done a lot to remove his menace over mm-hmm. the last several years. But this book, this book, he is a force to be reckoned with. He is, you don't trifle with him. The only one who can trifle with him is the emperor. And again, he's kind of, he's kind of getting a little underhand. He's kind of going around the emperor's back, which again, to me is great because it sets up the empire strikes back where he is, uh, you know, by the end of it, when he's talking to Luke, he is overtly conspiring against the emperor. Well, I mean, he started that as soon as he was on the Sith side, mm-hmm. you know, with Padme. He's like, yeah. look, I, I, they know I'm more powerful than them. We can rule this galaxy, me and you, Padme, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and so, yeah, I mean, that's in it. And that through line, of course, with the Sith sticks around as far as like, and Palpatine's got to know in some corner of his mind, you know, this guy's trying to take him out, take him down. Well, yeah. And that's why he tells Luke to kill him. Oh, remember. So yeah. I listen. Hey, let me tell you something. We, last week we talked some star Wars with some guys and just had a blast. Um, uh, my thing is, is I'm up to talk star Wars whenever, you know, that, <laughs> yeah. <And> so, <laughs> yeah, but I just haven't been able to read these things. I hope that they release them on the Marvel Unlimited app, you know, when the time I, is right. I wondered about that. I don't see why they wouldn't, but I, yeah, I, I mean, they own it. I mean, it's, you know, it's licensed, but it's licensed from the same guys. So right. I don't know why they wouldn't. So I don't, I don't know. And also, speaking of Marvel, uh, see, I didn't get you down the political roads. Why? What's <laughs> now? What's the diver- diversity issue with Star Wars? <laughs> Let me just go there, since we're two white males and we're authorities since, on the matter. No, well, well, I think we are authorities on the matter. <laughs> um, I, 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 I guess I'm just, I'm a little sick of hearing it made an issue out of every 10 seconds. I say sit back, let them create what they're creating instead of demanding. Cause I, and, you know, I listen to a gajillion Star Wars podcast a week now. Right. And I just, on a, on a very tiny minority of them, can I use that word? Yeah. Okay. Um, there's just this demanding of we've got to have you know this kind of diversity and that kind of diversity and every kind of diversity. And it's funny because a lot of this is the same old guy Star Wars people that want the next trilogy to be exactly like the original trilogy. Right. Except apparently not at all. I did some counting up in my head the other day. And um, because I've been, I've been doing some curating here in the old Star Wars room. Mm-hmm. And and I was kind of trying to, I finally for years I've never really sat down to figure out how many of those original Kenner line of Star Wars figures I need, not including the droids and Ewok stuff, but just you know the Kenner line through that first little Power of the Force, and um, and I, you know and I found out I need about uh, fifteen of them, or maybe yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it's all last seventeen stuff though, and. The the black bestem security guard and the removable limb three PO mm-hmm. and um and the rest of them are from that last line of seventeen. Um, <clears throat> uh, but I uh I, I got to counting and I realized there are let me let me make sure you got you got shorty robe Luke Bespin Luke X wing Luke Jedi Luke and uh, indoor Luke. And you had the stormtrooper Luke in that last seventeen, so that's six Lukes, right? Mm-hmm. With Han, you've got, um, and I'm not counting the carbonite Han in the in the Slave One, but you got your Star Wars Han, your Empire Han, and your uh, 
Poncho Han, and the Carbonite Han. So that's four Han Solos that they made. And I'm not counting like the variants, like big head, small head stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I'm sorry, I forgot about the Hoth Luke and, and the Hoth Han. So seven Lukes, five Hans. There is uh, the original Leia, Hoth Leia, Bespin Leia, uh, Indoor Poncho Leia, Boosh Leia. So there are as many Leias as there are Hans in the original Kenner Star Wars collection. And I just found that very intriguing, very interesting, and um, and 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 I and I have all of them, you mm-hmm. know. And so <clears throat> my thing is, I'm like, as growing up as a kid, it was never like, well, Princess Leia doesn't belong in my collection because she's a girl. No, it, it was like you gotta have Leia, or yep. you can't have these adventures. You know, she's, she's part of the crew. She's vital to this crew, and. And so when I see people starting to holler for all this different stuff, I'm just like, how's, is, you know, why? Is it because you think this is going to make a better story or is this just because, you know, I understand wanting representation, but at the same time, it's like, but does, is that going to make the, the story better for you? Well, it's all stick counting. That's my problem with it. Yeah. It's, it's not storytelling. It's stick counting. Right. It's just really, it's really a weird way to, to pigeonhole people into into way of being creative well there's this also there's this there's this conventional wisdom out there that people have to have someone who looks like them in order to relate to it and i will tell you that because we've had we've actually had this issue here in brunswick and and doing the talk show in brunswick i've Mm -hmm. been right ground zero with this stuff and one of the things is, you know, well, we've got to have teachers that look like this and teachers look like that because if you, kids don't have teachers that look like them, they're not going to excel. Let me tell you something. I never had a teacher who looked like me. I had almost no male <laughs> teachers that's growing right. up. You know what that's I mean? That's right. Yeah, that's right. I didn't have a problem. Brunswick High School just won the state basketball title for the first time in history. Mm-hmm. The first time in the school's history. And they did it with an all-black team and a, the very first white coach in Brunswick High history. The coach didn't look like them, but he was able to get to them and relate to them and, uh, you know, help them achieve and accomplish. Uh, and they work together. I, you know, I, I just don't buy it. I think, I think values and standards and that kind of thing supersede physical appearance. Well, yeah, that's exactly. The- well, because the, at the end of the day, that's all it is, is a physical appearance. Yeah. You know, you're not talking about, you know, the content, if I may of someone's character. You're talking about what they look like. And that's exactly what the civil rights movement was against, not judging someone based on what they look like, but yeah, on the content and now, of their character. 50 years later, we don't get that anymore. We don't get that in in yes, because we want everyone to look a certain way. I'll go a step further. When I was in when I was in elementary school especially, uh, I had uh, an African American teacher in first grade who I loved and who loved me and who allowed me to you know, kind of, I, I guess I would probably be categorized ADHD nowadays if I were a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but she knew how to channel that energy and that fidgetiness and, and all the wanting to be the class clown and everything into a positive direction. Uh, and yet she didn't look like you. Didn't look like me at all. The teacher who looked more like me was my second grade teacher who could not stand me. <laughs> you know? And and moving on, it wasn't until I had another African American teacher who totally got me and was able to work. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. You know, and, and and so it's just like 
you, that's a great point you make as far as that goes because I just look at I look at what's happening in, in not only this situation but in comics and everything else and people start hollering for this type of character and that type and I'm like but what do you want that character to be and do you know yeah, that's is, the important part is, is that is that the idea you know is is all you want is I don't know it just seems like it's just as drab to have everyone. I don't know. It to me, like I say, I'm a I'm a white male, so, but I do so, know I do know that, um, that I've never been against a female character being a strong female character. No, you know, I've never been against a character having a different skin color than me. No, nope. I've never been against a character having different you know proclivities than me in other ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I listen. I'm a I'm I'm I consider myself a pretty devout Christian. And I listen to a lot of podcasts that are blatantly atheist. You know, they they come out and they they just they shout it out. There's you know they're as open about their atheism as I am about my faith, and but they entertain me. So I'm like, okay, you know. <laughs> well, and they're and they're human beings. I mean, at the end of the day, you're talking exactly. about human beings, and everybody is a should be afforded a basic set of of human compassion and human decency. Exactly. And let's not forget, Han Solo flew around with a Wookie. <laughs> yeah you know give wookies a chance gang so i just i wanted to i wanted to talk to you not about the diversity thing necessarily but just the comics because i wanted to kind of get an update of what was going on yeah. and and just kind of see you know if you've enjoyed it if it's kind of worth your time it's funny that you say it's a lot too soon too much too soon because marvel hasn't really done things that way in recent years no, you're right. Yeah, you're right about that. That usually let's pace for four years from now in the trade, and let's tell two stories with this status quo, and then completely change the status quo. And um, but yeah, this one they just they're they're really and, and look they're trying, and that's why I think they're throwing so much into it. And it's obvious from the writing that this is this is this is being worked on by people who really love Star Wars, and I appreciate the heck out of that. Uh, I just, again, I'd like to see them back off a little bit and not, you know, there are other things they can do as they work their way towards Vader. Yeah. And, and that's, and there's also, there's a neat dynamic. I call it the Jack McGee dynamic dynamic of let's have them almost meet up and then just miss each other. Or let's have them almost meet up and Luke slips away, you know, just outside of Vader's grasp, not making Vader look stupid, not making, no. you know, but just like, oh, here's the intensity, here's the tension. So that when, when Luke actually, and I, listen, I'm a fan of the idea that the first time Luke faces Vader is on Dagobah, because, or not Dagobah, but on Bespin in, in Empire, because when he gets there, it's such a big deal for him to have to go and walk up, you know, and he's he's a little headstrong, he thinks he's got it under control, and it just, you know, he doesn't realize the enormity of the situation. Yeah. Until he's in the midst of it. No, and, yeah, and if he's already been there four or five, I mean, you figure he did he, there an issue too, and if they're going to go another hundred issues, let's, you know, how many more times is he going to run into Vader before Empire Strikes Back? Right, right. And, uh, yeah, I would, I'd like to see him, you know, again, I hate to, and this is probably part of my problem, and it's probably part of my generation's problem. I was actually talking to... Uh, a uh, buddy of mine on Twitter the other day with a you know severe he's a, he's a, a a prequel trilogy era guy mm-hmm. and uh, oh wow yeah and it's just you, a lot of we don't see a lot of Star Wars the same and I think it's because I had 
time to be with that material. And by the time he came around, there were a lot of contradictory things already established. So he's kind of got a different Star Wars. Hmm. And uh, I... I, don't, I, I would like to see them do Vader like they did the wheel story. Do you remember the wheel story from the Marvel Star Wars? I remember a a cover, I think. Issues 18 to 23. Mm-hmm. Great, great, great story. And, you know, Luke is reaching out with the Force trying to meditate, and he accidentally touches Vader's mind. And it short circuits Luke. I mean, he's mm. just poof, out cold. And so they, they try to get a medical assistance. The only place they've got is the wheel, which is this gambling... Station, yes, space yes, station. I've got yes, I've got yeah. those. Yeah. Oh, and and so you know, it's kind of neutral territory because it you know makes a little tax revenue for the empire, so they stay hands off. And Vader gets there, and they're there, and and uh, Solo and Chewie get uh, kind of shuttled into this arena where they have to do battle against each other. And it's just it's just a great storyline, but it's a great example of how you can have Vader and the Star Warriors, as they used to call them in the old uh, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, all in the same place, interacting to a degree without having to have a confrontation. Yeah, I know that. Uh, I, I I know I've got some of these calls. They're on the cover. Uh, Han and Chewie, they're floating kind of out in space or in this no gravity area, and they've got some kind of little shield. And Han says, "Sorry about this, pal. The only way out of this is you got to kill me." Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so Chewie blasts him. Next mm. page. Boom. And then to be continued. That was issue twenty-two, by the way. <laughs> well, there you go. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, it's it's just, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do, and we can't always or we can't all can't follow everything. Like I've not been able to follow the comics. You know, I probably would if I could, but I'm really looking forward to aftermath. You know the novel that's going to pick yeah. up on you know after after the events of Return of the Jedi to kind of see where this new era post Return of the Jedi is is headed. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I want to swing back around to Marvel here really quickly though, you okay. know because we were talking about how in recent years they haven't done too much too soon, and perfect perfect example of that is what's going on with the Secret Wars thing that's coming up. You know that's <laughs> getting ready to happen. Um, I didn't realize how long this thing has been building. Um, this started literally uh, two years or more ago in the pages of the New Avengers. And basically, the New Avengers has been the most depressing <laughs> title you could ever read. It is, it's the Illuminati. It's, it's uh, Iron Man, Mr. Fantastic, uh, Professor X, but he's dead. Doctor Strange, Namor, and they bring Black Panther into it, and they bring Steve Rogers into the mix uh, to let him know what's going on. They they've lo- you know that's not a good idea. No, no, no. They've <laughs> located all these. You know, they they're realizing that universes are dying because they're converging on one another, mm-hmm. and they've got to figure out a way to stop it. So they all have an Infinity Gem. They bring them to bear and, and reform the Infinity Gauntlet, which Captain America welds to push, or wields, not welds, to push away this Earth that's about to collide within this other universe. And in doing so, he does, the, the, the Infinity Gauntlet is destroyed. 
they're saved, but the Infinity Gauntlet destroyed. So what they do is, is they decide to build antimatter bombs so that whenever these Earths, because everything's at the center of, you know, Earth is at the center of everything, and so what'll happen is there'll be what they call an incursion, and that means there's, you know, X amount of time before these Earths collide and the whole universe is destroyed. So they've created these antimatter bombs they're going to use to blow up these worlds. Some of them, you know, the ones that they run into, most of them have been dead, but then suddenly they find one that's full of life, just like our Earth. Yeah, what do you do there? What do you do that? Well, Namor blows it up. Ugh. No one else will do it, but Namor does. And it's just like, and they realize what, you know, at that point they're like, oh, what have we become? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and it's just like, what, what have you become? It's what you, you did this way back. You know, <laughs> you, this is all your fault. And, and I'm just reading this thing and it's 24 months of nothing but depression. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, this is the saddest, most you know, going nowhere thing in the world. Meanwhile, in the pages of the Avengers, it's still happening, but they've got other stuff they're dealing with. And nothing, and it's like, let's see how much, how, let's see what kind of jerks we can make everybody in the Marvel universe. They're, they're, but they're heroes. Let's exactly. They're like, let's see how despicable we can make all these people. Ah. And, and, you know, and how messed up the fantastic four has completely been ripped apart um, through no fault of their own. They brought two. They brought. They did the thing where they're like, "Let's go real world." And what would happen if the thing really showed up and caused a car to crash, like he did in issue number one of the Fantastic Four? You know, um, and they're on trial for all for having all you know this portal to another dimension right in the heart of the city and all this other stuff. And and they have their kids taken away from them. And it's just like my uh, again, they yeah. did that storyline like 15 years ago. I know. Well, I thought with the whole civil war thing, I'm like, well, they've done the superhero registration act. Yeah. You know, but what's old is new again. So this secret war thing, it's like, I get, I get okay with it. And then I turn the corner and I'm like, I'm not okay with it. I'm up and down because I'm just like, please tell me that what this is going to bring about is just a, resolution to all of the sad jerkishness of <laughs> i mean the only bright spot has been amazing spider-man but you and i both are of the same accord that we want our heroes to be heroic that's right and th i don't think that's too much to ask mm -mm. no because let me tell you something what we haven't gotten out of these storylines are good villains yeah. because all the villains yeah. are just sitting back doing nothing yeah well the you heroes know? go at each other I mean, they went and talked to Dr. Doom for a minute about what was going on. You know, so now Doom has figured out what's happening, and he started his own machinations with things. But it's, I, I still, I just look at it, and I'm like, but there's so many other villains that are just, what are they, just running around? Have you got them all in these prisons, you know? Is that going to be our next thing, debating on how supervillains are treated? You mm. know, the thing's in jail because he was framed for the murder of the puppet master. You, you know, let's, let's take a look at this really quickly. The John Byrne era, they put Reed Richards on trial. Mm -hmm. And when they did, it was the entire galaxy that put him on trial for saving the for life saving Galactus. of Galactus. Yep. Now you're telling me the thing gets put on trial by our court system. Mm -hmm. I just, that's, it, you know what? They should change the name of the book to four. For, for murder. Because there's no fantastic there. For, for murdering uh, the puppet master. Uh, and and when he gets to jail, who is there running the yard but uh, Miss Marvel, the she-thing? <laughs> so that's a fun reunion. But anyway. A little, uh, little uh, emotional angst there. It's, since they yeah, used to it's, not quite as, it's not quite as depressing as everything else, but it's also not quite as good 
is what Amazing Spider-Man has been over in the market. To me, now again, I'm like six months behind. And I'll tell you what I've started doing, Scott, is I went online and I found a, I found a website that has a chronological reading of the Marvel Universe. Oh, wow. And I'm just going back to the old 60s stuff and reading it and having a blast. Oh, you got to share that web address. With having me, an I, absolute blast. I don't know how you have the time to do it, but... Uh, well, I mean, just like when I'm sitting there at lunch or whatever... Yeah, you know, and or, or when I'm when we're not busy at work, I'll just pull it up and and just find it and and roll with it. This is supermegamonkey.net. <laughs> what? Supermegamonkey.net. Is that real? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the purpose of the website is to give you Marvel chronology. <laughs> They've got different stuff, but one of the things they have there is the Marvel Comics chronology. And uh Super Mega and I found this, and, and I'm looking on my on my portable device here. So, mm. uh, but you go to the thing, and oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm I'm tearing this up. It's I mean, it's really cool. Like you start in 1962 with Fantastic Four's one through ten, and and then you know it tells you what comes next and what comes next, and it's just so easy to go back and read these things in this order so because they do start to cross over rather quickly and i mean it's fun though yeah. you know and the fantastic four man has just been so like i i have never read like doom's first appearance and everything and i always knew that he was the villain who was into technology and sorcery and merging the two but that came from his very first appearance Oh wow. That whole that whole concept of who he was. And and they do a thing where it's like you think they've defeated Doom once and for all, but then a few issues later they bring him back in an amazing way and and it just and and though you don't have to read one story to know what happened in the prior one, they will have things lead into one another. And Neat. and so it's just it's and it's really interesting. It's an interesting way they that they've you know that that Stan Lee wrote, and he and Jack Kirby worked together, and others, and 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 how he really did give all of these characters sometimes blatantly a different voice, but a much different voice. Now I'm just waiting to get to the time when Sue realizes she can make force fields. I don't know when that happened, but I'm about two years into the Fantastic Four, and it still hadn't happened. Yeah, I think it's a while. Yeah, she's. She's she's very frustrating me because I like what Sue Storm became or Sue Richards became. She became a very strong, powerful person with you know who who wasn't just all about shopping, and and and, and unfortunately Stan and Jack didn't really know how to write for the ladies. <laughs> so, well, they were writing for their audience, and their audience was ten year old boys. That's true. That's true. So, but it's, it's, it's been fun. It's been good stuff. And it, and it kind of takes me away from the depression that has been some of the Marvel stuff. And I don't want to be overly critical. I mean, it's really interesting stuff and it's, and, it, and on one hand, it's good storytelling, but on the other hand, it's just like you, you're ruining an entire history of, of what's been good about all this stuff. So. Yeah. Well, I just I love I love the the idea of the wide-eyed there was just such a wide-eyed sense of adventure and discovery about the early Marvel universe in general yes. but particularly that old Fantastic 4. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, you you go I, back I, and you go back and you read and of course I was very familiar with the first 6 issues of the Incredible Hulk. Uh I had reprints of those for years and years and years. Um 
And it, but you go back and you read him and you realize, man, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the big lovable green lug for the for a long time, Mm-mm. you know. And, and but he was still a decent dude, you know. He he just was gruff and mean and 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 didn't quite know his place. And then when he finally finds it, you know, it's just so. I've just had a good time. Hey, and, how about that? Did you get to read that Savage Hawk? I got you. Yes. Yeah. Well, some of it, not the whole thing. I- but I'm I'm very I love the art I like I I've never knew this thing existed I guess yeah it was the magazine okay and uh, yeah I, I figured that if if there was something you hadn't read it would probably would have been that it, and you're you're right you're right and so Mark- I mean they retail I've read like the retelling of the origin and stuff so far sure so Marvel did a series of magazines you know in the 70s they were trying to make a go mm-hmm. with magazines and they had <laughs> right. a bunch of they made Dracula into a magazine and Conan into a magazine and they were black and white for the most part. And when they were, the art was just, I love the art in those black and white magazines with all the shading and everything and right. just, just spectacular stuff. So I figured you'd dig that. I did. I did not appreciate it. Or so I much. said Savage. It's Rampaging, actually. Rampaging. Yeah, Rampaging Hulk. Savage Hulk was something out of the 90s, I believe they did. a. We did a Savage She-Hulk, I think. Yeah, so. they, yeah it was the Savage She-Hulk and then the Sensational. Then That's right. John Byrne did the Sensational. Quite Sensational. Quite Sensational. Right now, it's really cool because in the pages of The Incredible Hulk, I'll tell you this. He had brain damage. He got shot in the head. What? Yeah, uh, Bruce did. And he came out very brain damaged. And, and because of the quick healing of the Hulk, you know, um, he healed, but he healed wrong. And so mm. so Tony started, so he was kind of like a special needs guy. And they, they S.H.I.E.L.D. set up this fake city and fake people to take care of him and just kind of let him be like Bruce who helps out with the, you know, the chores and that sort of thing. And he was just this happy guy, but then someone found out, and they came, and he turns into the Hulk, and of course he's going on a rampage, and they stop him, and Tony Stark gets him, and uses Extremis to fix Bruce's brain. Oh wow! And he overdoes it, and so basically we've got Peter David's what they come to call Professor Hulk, you know, back in the day, back the merged Hulk that yeah. Peter David did. And and so he's Hulk all the time, but he's super smart, super duper intelligent. He won't let people call him Hulk. He insists they call him Doctor Green. <laughs> and um and he's decided he's going to rid the world of gamma irradiated uh, menaces and people. And, oh neat! And cure gamma poisoning. He can't cure himself, but he's used his blood to make a cure for others. So Rick Jones. Who became a bomb, you know, abomination light, if you will. Uh, the Red Hulk, Red She Hulk, all these different people. Uh, he's going to take their powers. Oh, cool! And, and very neat. And basically, say them. So, and of course, that's going to cause some conflict. Yeah, well, some of them know? are not going to want to give up their. Powers. None of them. None of them do. <laughs> so, uh, so that's been kind of fun to read. And that, again, I'm about six months behind. So, yeah. But it's been good. But I'm digging it. Well, I just want to have you on, man, and, and chit chat a little bit and. Remind people that Star Wars, my Star Wars story is out there, and Dinner for Geeks is out there, and it's definitely worth, both of them are, are worth listening to. Well, I appreciate that. Dinner for Geeks is a fun thing to do. Uh, my Star Wars story is really, has really kind of turned into my real passion project, and it's, what's really been neat is that the people who have reached out to me since I, since I started putting that out, uh, it, it really is connecting. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think it's great because everything that I love about doing it is the thing, you know, that's what people keep telling me they love about listening to it. Uh, everybody's Star Wars story 
has striking similarities and then distinct differences yes. at the same time. Yep. And that really, it really kind of makes it, that's what to me keeps it fresh and interesting. Uh, I did two interviews. I've got 10, 10 episodes I have not put out. Wow. One zero, 10. When are you going to stop doing it monthly? Uh, well, I did two this month. I did two this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, so that was, or not this month, but in March I did two episodes. So I'm trying to get into a, a two episodes a month thing. And it may, it may be that I take dinner for geeks and say, let's do you twice a month and let's do my star Wars story twice a month. Um, cause my star Wars story really takes a lot of work to do because, you know, as I, I let me name drop here, uh, had Jimmy Mack on a few weeks ago and I was talking to him and I said, you know, my goal here with this thing is to take it, record the interview and then basically find ways to take as much me out of it as possible. Mm-hmm. So it becomes the person really telling their Star Wars story, you know, with, with, you know, I'm in there guiding the interview, but it really, I'm, I cut that part out and it doesn't sound like I'm guiding the interview. And so, uh, you know, my goal is to try and cut as much me out of there as possible. And it takes a lot of work to try and find sentences that, <laughs> you know, places where you can join it and take it out and places right. where I just have to give up and go, all right, well, I'm in that part. So, um, but I, it's, and I, I, like I said, I recorded two this week, one of whom was Teresa Delgado. Oh, fun. You may have heard of her. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she was, she was amazing. She really, really She's was. She's great. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's one of those things where she is, she is of the, you know, the younger generation. Mm-hmm. She has a very different perspective from the older guys. And I think it's, it's, you know, it, it goes to show that there is a lot of valid Star Wars thought. Of course, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's not it's not one thing. It's a lot of things to a lot of different people. And Teresa will cry on you if you're not careful. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I don't think I got that out you of her. You didn't get the emotional response out of her. No, darn it. Oh well, I got it out of Concetta. Well, yes, that was. <laughs> she was outstanding. But you know, I was I was on with your buddy Carl on the Wampus Layer a couple of weeks ago, and I told the story. I'd never told it before. I probably shouldn't have told it, but I'll, I'll tell it to you. But you got to keep it quiet. Okay. Well, I mean, you're uh, on the show. Yes. Yeah, don't tell anybody. Okay. Don't, this is just between us. Okay. Um, when I was recording Concetta, we had to do it in two different blocks, two different one-hour blocks, because that's how you know that's how her time was budgeted. Mm-hmm. And we did it a week apart. And we did the first hour, and then we made plans for the next week to come back and do the second hour. And um, right as I called her for that second hour, she's like, oh, you won't believe what just happened. She was just completely a wreck. I'm like, what's going on? So I was just looking out the window. I was looking. There's a bird feeder out there, and there was a bird in the feeder, and a, and a, and a squirrel jumped up. I, well, no, no, no. I'm sorry. There's a squirrel in the feeder, and a cat jumped up and killed the squirrel. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. And so she, well, she just, you know, obviously, Concetta loves animals. Sure. And that just totally flipped her. And I was kind of like, well, you know, it's nature. And she, no, she was just completely emotional. So <laughs> as we, as we started recording, that kind of carried forward into the interview. Nice. And so she was already shaken up and it, boy, it just started coming and oh. it wound up making the podcast a lot better. Oh, that's so good. But it wasn't really my skill as an interviewer. It was the fact that she witnessed a a tragedy of the animal kingdom the second we got on the line. She, yeah, she <laughs> she she witnessed nature at its most brutal. Yeah, and she it really freaked did. her out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love it. I I, I would have loved to see that. I was out in my yard one time. There was a I heard a little squawking noise, and I turned and looked. And by squawking, I mean like a, a terrified squeak. 
and I turned and looked, and a hawk had swooped in and um and gotten a squirrel in his talons. Oh man. Yeah, didn't it was so cool. And then I didn't see any squirrels in my yard for a good week after that. <laughs> well, the you know, the network gets out there. That's right. They're and like he goes, Hey guys, I gotta stay away from there. <laughs> you heard what happened to Jimmy last week. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah. Guys, stay away. <laughs> you better hide your nuts. They're gonna come for you. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> well scott i know you've got to get up super early in the morning man yeah yeah i'm about at the five hour mark but i, I love doing i do this all night uh well i love having you on we've got to get back face to face sooner than later i agree i agree i well you know between you and me if you don't have any plans for saturday you can come with us and record d4g 100 oh where are you guys going to be doing it Jacksonville. No way. We're at Jacksonville. The plan is to go to Dave and Buster's mm-hmm. and do the Star Wars battle pods and do the dinner for geeks. Kind of eat while we're doing that. What time? Yeah. Are you, what time are we leaving? <laughs> Sometime morningish. We're gonna eat. We're gonna do. It's not gonna be. That's. Let me just say this. Usually, it is a very authentic dinner for geeks, as you know, because you've attended a couple of them. Right. Right. Uh, this is actually going to be a lunch for okay, geeks. Okay. Cool. So if you know if you want to go, let's go. Get with me offline. I may take you up on that. Okay. All, All right. right. Make sure it's okay with those guys. Scott, thanks so much for chiming in, man. Have a great night, and uh, we'll be listening for you on the radio. You too. You thanks. guys need See- you guys need to go Mixler instead of Ustream at the radio station. <laughs> by the way, crashes so much I, I can't it. even tell you. Yeah. Well, the good news is Monday I'll be on iHeartRadio. Oh wow! So I'm told. Oh. Uh, but yeah, Monday, starting Monday, uh, my show is supposed to be on iHeartRadio. So Dang, moving up in the world. Yes. Much like George Jefferson. Internet celebrity, Scott Reif and everybody. Scott, <laughs> have a good night, man. Be good. We'll Steve. talk Thanks. to you soon. Bye. All right. That's Scott Reif and man, I had no idea where that, that, uh, conversation was going to go. And as always with Scott, it went great places. Here's another conversation I have no, and we didn't even talk about not at celebration coverage because, um, because we, the, we we talked about doing uh, coverage of celebration while not at celebration, and and just kind of like I would my coverage would be on the Twitter, working, and uh, and why everyone else is like oh my god did you see that panel was amazing I'd be like made some burgers, and that would be that hey joining us now uh, all the way from North Georgia maybe Tennessee who knows uh, y'all this is a future president of the United States Riley Blanton what's going on man. Hey Steve, how's it going, man? I'm doing well. How are you, buddy? This is kind of past your bedtime, isn't it? Well, usually, although I usually on Thursdays it's morning PT for RTC, but not tomorrow, oh, unfortunately. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, life's good. I was just listening to uh, to Scott, and uh, and you can't follow that dude up. He's a, Scott's fantastic. He is a a, a true radio professional. He, well, that's the thing is he is he is he is honestly, sincerely IRL. <laughs> in real life, a radio professional. So, and I am always just blown away by the fact that he listens to me at all. Uh, indeed. Well, I've got a question for you, Steve. Okay. Um, we were just uh, re-watching over the last month or so all of the Marvel films. Well, yes. rather most of the Marvel films getting ready for um, Age of Ultron. Of course. Uh, and it, a thought occurred to me because I, I, am, I am totally that guy who is a huge Marvel fan, having never read any of the Marvel comics. Right. And I was just curious if you could give your perspective, uh, and I, I'm not sure if you've ever talked about this, so feel free to just say, get off the air! Mm-hmm. 
if, if this is the case. But um, I'll change the, if uh, I've if I've talked about it, I'll just change the subject quickly. Fair enough. Fair enough. As far as um, the potential for civil war, mm-hmm. um, do you think what what's the deal with the Spider-Man thing? What? Like like what's, what's the, the deal with the Spider-Man? What's the deal? I think everyone's making a bigger deal about Spider-Man being a part of civil war than there needs to be. Uh, because Civil War is going to be Captain America: Civil War is going to be a much different animal than it was in the comics, just right out of the gate. Because in Marvel Comics, the Civil War storyline, and I haven't really talked in depth about this, but in in Marvel Comics, the Civil War storyline spanned the entire Marvel universe on Earth. Uh, it didn't affect the people out in space, of course, like the Guardians of the Galaxy and such as. But but our but the Avengers were ripped in two by this, and basically what it was. Uh, was the the idea was there needs to be a superhero? There was an event that set off a, a chain reaction of other events and legislation. Like we need to register superheroes. We can't have people running around. You know the same way you register. You know people have to register to have a gun that sort of thing. And um, so Tony Stark was all about this. You know he's like, yeah, this is the right way to go. It'll help us keep tabs on who's good guys and who's bad guys. Captain America said, this is kind of infringing on people's personal freedoms. These powers aren't a weapon. A lot of times they're just who these people are. And so Captain America and a group of heroes became outlaws. And it wasn't that they were doing anything villainous. It's that they would show up to help stop villainy. And then the registered side of heroes would turn on them to try to arrest them and another fight would ensue. And um, and so you that's what the Civil War was about. And in the midst of that, the reason Parker was a big deal or Spider-Man was a big deal is because for the first time ever, um, the world knew who he was. In an effort to promote the Superhero Registration Act, he unmasked on TV and revealed his identity and, and said, I believe this is important. And so it was meant as kind of a publicity stunt for Stark to get everyone else out there, you know, to say if Spider-Man can do this, so can you. Because he is the most blue-collar of Marvel superheroes in a big in, in a lot of ways. Um, you know, he's the one that you get to see into his life of, you know, his aunt needs medicine, but Dr. Octopus is robbing a bank. What am I going to do? You know, I've got to get... You know, I've got to save Mary Jane over here, but at the same time, um, the lizard is is tearing up downtown Manhattan. I don't know. You know, he's always forced to make those choices. Meanwhile, he's taking pictures for the Daily Bugle and barely making ends meet while he's trying to be a hero. And so when he got brought into the Avengers, it was a big deal. Tony Stark took him under his wing because Peter is a genius. And so that's why people are thinking that, you know, Spider-Man's first appearance will probably be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in Civil War. Um, I don't think it necessarily has to be because to for him to have the impact in Civil War in the movies that he had in the comics, he's got to be an established person in that universe for a little bit longer. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that does. Although, I don't know, because it seems like that's the key moment. That's the key part of the, the whole film because that's what I heard about the storyline. Mm-hmm. And it seems like... That's what you want to see out of a Civil War movie. Well, I mean, honestly, to me, the key part was the end, um, and and I and I'm and I'm very loath to go into spoilers at this point. I I wasn't even wanting to back when we were getting ready for Captain America: Winter Soldier reveal on my show that Bucky was the Winter Soldier because I always felt like too many people just assumed when people were listening to their podcast or 
or reading their blogs that everyone knew that. And I know there are a lot of people like yourself who didn't. And so, and so I tried to keep that as, as spoiler free as possible, but the event that takes place at the end of civil war is what really made civil war, um, a big, you know, a super big deal. The fact that, I mean, it was in all intents and purposes, a civil war amongst the superheroes. Families were torn apart. You know, the fantastic four, uh, parted ways over the situation. Sue Storm, Sue Richards left Reed for a time because she couldn't see how they were helping the situation. Um, there were heroes that were thrown into the superhero prison, you know, that they'd set up in the negative zone because they refused to register. And, and it just, it, it was, there were, there were so much more that went on that. Uh, you know, there were deaths, the wasp, uh, who was a, who was an Avenger. I think she was one of the ones that died in civil war along with some other people. And, and, you know, and, and Thor was out of the picture, but there was an evil clone Thor in play an android type clone and so there was a lot of different things going on but the spider-man thing was pertinent in as much as he was the masked hero who took his mask off you know in a a public way and and for comic book readers you know knowing that that had always been a big deal for spider-man that he has to keep his identity secret so the people closest to him don't get hurt by his enemies um you know that was what that was meant to kind of, and it was just, you know, and so it was a big deal in the comics, but in this particular sense, because what they're doing is they're playing off of what goes on apparently in age of Ultron. You know, how can we trust these heroes who are supposed to protect us when, you know, they did this and look what happened to shield and all this other stuff. And so it's going to be a thing where once again, Tony Stark trying to save the world, it sounds like comes up with this brilliant idea that Captain America won't like, you know. Yeah, but- and 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 so it'll sort of be like two strikes for um against Tony Stark at least in in uh, Captain America's mind. Yeah. Because you basically he's aligned himself with Shield that didn't work out so well, and then of course you have the Ultron program. Right. And then artificial um, intelligence. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so. I'll, and I'll never forget because um I was at uh, my RTC detachment and we set up in one of the uh, classrooms um, the morning after the trailer premiered. We just showed the trailer. And of course, so this is these are all a bunch of kids pretty much who've just grown up watching these movies right, over the right. last few years. And like the excitement in the room was palpable. And even with no knowledge of the comics, that's what these films have done such an amazing job of capturing is, you know, playing, you know, I got no strings in the background. You kind of already get the idea of the artificial intelligence motif. Yes. Uh, and, and man, it's it's one of those things where uh, I there's nothing else I'm more excited about with, of course, the exception of a little movie called The Force Awakens. Yeah, but it's a great it's a great kind of hold you over until you get there. It is. Well, and it's funny, I think the best headline I saw the other day, I think it was on Deadline, uh, was like, um, Force Awakens trailer to premiere in front, in front of small independent indie movie, Avengers Age of Ultron. Because <laughs> that's basically what the uh, headlines were. Well, that's, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's really interesting. Is that when, is that definitive that that's when the Force Awakens trailer is going to premiere? The, uh, the trades have picked it up, so it's pretty reliable. It's not official from Lucasfilm yet, though, but I think Hollywood Reporter had picked it up uh, today and yesterday. Uh, more importantly, yesterday than today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's what it looks like it'll be doing. And and it looks like there's some uh, rumors flying around that um, they might do some kind of special <coughs> simulcast event in conjunction with the J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy uh, panel. So like they'll, they'll simulcast yeah. that out to different theaters. That's what I'm hearing anyway. Wow, that'll be huge then. Um, 
I really, I thought that there'd probably be a trailer released at Celebration that would eventually, you know, that would then make its way online. Yeah, and that's what it's sounding like. But I, it, I, I like the idea if they're gonna, you know, do some kind of fancy uh, screening event, kind of like maybe with the teaser, mm-hmm. only just a simulcast. I don't know, like the what's the name of that company that's always advertising like the the pre uh, pre movies? It's like oh, a Fandango special. Yeah, event thing. there's all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, right. yeah, but that's that's I think. Um, I mean, that would be a really smart move from from on their part. I think. Sure. So, so what is your guys' plan for celebration? Oh man, um, it's still it's still crystallizing. This is the problem with because there's so much in flux financially and through ROTC. I only got it confirmed a couple weeks ago that we could even make it for sure. So uh, yeah. I'm kind of last minute scrambling. But the big big plans are mostly just to go hang out. Uh, Cohen's got a house that he's booked. Oh like, wow. <laughs> evidently he's like yeah we're gonna we're gonna find one of these vacation rentals and i was like really that sounds kind of weird he's like yeah if we all split it it'll be like a third of the cost of a hotel i'm like oh i'm interested <gasps> how many people are going to be in this house uh i think it's like nine ten total wow uh, i think it's carl and and the wampus Lair crew and oh. some and some of cohen and his friends Man. And then of course I'm going to crash the party, so it's going to be like our little uh, uh, hangout spot. But is, is, now is I, Bethany not going to go out with you? No, Bethany will be out there. Bethany okay. will be there as well. So um, it's going to be—I don't know. I'm not really sure how to approach it. I—I—I'm I, not really going to do a ton of like media and podcasty stuff. I'll probably do like one or two events a day, but I don't think I'll be hounding uh, for interviews and stuff yeah. like I've done in the past. I tell you, um, I'd love—I'd love to road trip it out there, especially knowing Cohen's got a house now. I would, I'm telling you, oh, man, there's I'd still love, time. There's I know, still time, sir. I know. I'd love to road trip it out there and just and, and really crash y'all's party. And oh my Lanta. I'm so I'm so jealous. I really am. I'm gonna miss hanging with you guys, but I know it's gonna be a great time. Oh, we'll we'll so miss you too. You man. guys um, you guys aren't gonna take the podcasting stage then, you and you and Bethany and Herleman. No, no, um, See, and that's the thing is that I, I confirmed it too late to actually apply. Uh, gotcha. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to be the. I'm going to just step way down, and I'm going to be like the working man. I'm going to be the audio man for uh, Teresa oh. and Aaron on the book on the Bookworms panel, and I think they're doing some uh, fangirls going rogue, and I'll swing by and help out with some of the other podcasts doing stuff there. But uh, cool. you know, I, I, I'm not really sure. Let me ask you: If you were me, mm-hmm. I was trying to think. Uh, I, I was talking to Mark um, how we wanted to do some stuff, and right now there are some cool plans in the works. Um, but I'm thinking I might just haul around my Zoom and just, just randomly record various conversations and stuff throughout the weekend and kind of do a more organic you experience. Because honest- everyone's going to be doing interviews and everyone always has their live shows and mm-hmm. recaps. And I'm trying to think of something unique to do. I, I think that that would be incredibly unique. I know I, I enjoyed you and Bethany. You know, there was that one episode from Celebration 6, I believe. Yeah, Celebration 6, where you guys were just walking back to your hotel. Yeah, talking yeah. on the no, road, we just you know, kind of walkthroughs. Yeah, and it was and it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, and there was so much that didn't get captured, and you don't want to make everything a podcast. You and know? that's the thing, yeah. But there was so much that didn't get captured that I wish had have gotten captured. I, you know, us sitting in line uh, when we recorded, you know, the seven, eight, nine whole that whole thing um, yes. was a great moment to record. And and there was a bit of we had we we garnered a bit of an audience from doing that. Um, you have ample time to whip out the zoom and do that. And I think that is that way you get more of an up to the minute. Hey, what are you digging? And it's not this sit down and really think about the day. And once you're done with the day, 
you have time just to hang out and spend time with friends. And that's and that's the most fun part. And I think that's the the, the part I'm actually going to be most intentional about is just finding people and hanging out and spending more time. Uh, because the panels, I mean, it, it's it's fun, and there are like four or five ones that I really want to hit. But other than that, I think I'm just going to kind of hang out for the weekend. Because, I mean, Mark and I, this will be our second time ever meeting in person. The other time was just like swinging through an airport in Oregon. So <laughs> this will be kind of a fun uh, meetup. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I love your skepticism. <laughs> no, it's it's going it, <laughs> to... Before, uh, before the dark time. Now, um, I've also noticed, and I know you've been busy with school and that sort of thing, and you guys had to kind of take a break with Star Wars Report, but I noticed you guys have been back around with it. Yes. No, as of uh, two, three weeks ago, we were we were back at it, finally cleared the schedule. A lot of things came through. I'll tell you what, Steve, it's, it's not Star Wars at all. But uh, day before yesterday, I got confirmation from these United States Air Force. Um, I was selected for field training this summer, so... I the, saw uh, the horizon I, of becoming uh, Air Force officers. It's it's right in reach. I saw your I saw your tweet, man. Congratulations, that's exciting. Oh, thanks. So, yeah, and, no, me, and and Bethany as well. She's also uh, she also got selected for the program. So we'll be that they'll be scheduling all the fun stuff like you know military basic training. That's yeah, gonna be a blast. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, it's all after celebration, so I can think about it after that. But it's going to be an exciting time. And and yeah, the podcast is back. Um, I, and in fact, I, I will have to. I just realized how late it was. I will have to jump out. But I will tell you, uh, the the preceding guest you guys just heard, not scheduled for this Friday, but he'll be on uh, the tenth on the Star Wars Report. Scott Reifen, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, so nice. I figured uh, folks would like that. This Friday, since I'm plugging away, uh, tune in. It's going to be uh, Mr. Jimmy Mack and David Collins talking all about uh, the celebration stages. So wow. yeah, podcast is back, rolling along. So if you like Star Wars, um, don't 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 rate the shit don't subscribe don't do any of that just stop just put your laptop back down just go to starsreport.com slash geek out loud and listen to some of steve's best episodes i hear you that's what i can <laughs> I, I mean look i'm ready to come back on whenever um, i'm gonna be in touch with you very soon man for well sure. please yeah please do you know i love you know i love talking to you guys and having a good time with you guys and it's always about it's always fun to talk about the wars i'm still Absolutely. waiting on the flicks podcast to get me on for attack of the clones so i can go three hours on on clones Oh man! Um, we, oh man! It's gonna be a blast. It's it's always a good time. Well, man, just know that uh, that I'm gonna miss being with you guys at celebration, and uh, I look forward to hearing all of your reporting, no matter what form it comes in out of celebrations. Uh, I still call it celebration seven, but out of Star yeah. Wars celebration in Anaheim. So, uh, Riley, thanks for calling in, man. Have a great night, my friend. You too, and I'll talk to you soon, Steve. All right, have a good one, buddy. See ya. May the force be with you. And you. All right, let's do this, man. We hadn't done it yet. Let's jump into some emails. All right, our first email comes from Roger Betts. Roger says, hello, Steve. I want to send you a quick hello and uh, tell you how much I've been enjoying your podcast. It's really refreshing to hear your take on everything from Marvel to DC, Star Wars to even Trek once in a blue moon. Rebel Yell is always enjoyable to listen to, and your panels always rock. They definitely help set great examples of just how fandom should be. Great discussion without insults or disrespect. That's something a lifelong Star Wars fan, as a lifelong Star Wars fan, 
I wish all fans would learn. I used to enjoy visiting different social media groups to see what, quote, fan groups, unquote, were out there, but not much anymore. The large amount of vile, disrespectful people who consider themselves fans have deterred me from that. It really gets old hearing people bash George Lucas about things that happened almost two decades ago. I have a simple philosophy on fandom. If you don't like something, then don't watch it or read it again. That's me, man. That's, you know, and I try not to talk about the things I don't enjoy because for everything I don't enjoy, there's someone out there who loves it. And so why bash it and, and make people sad that you don't like what they like? Just say, it's not really my bag, man, and move on. Uh, this nonsense of people complaining and griping about the same things over and over again for almost 20 years makes you wonder, do they not have anything else in their life to do? They don't. What amazing, wonderful things could they have experienced or shared with people instead of this internet poison they produce. That's why I wanted to tip my hat to you, sir. You've been a great example of how fans of any franchise should react and interact with one another. I don't think it's all about being fans of a franchise, Roger, and I appreciate your kind words. I realized immediately um, into this that this was not an email I wanted to read on air because I don't like reading these kind of issues on air. But I will say this, um, that I think it's just a matter of treating people like people. No matter what your opinions are, no matter what your background is, no matter who you are, where you come from, at the end of the day, we're people. Treat people like people. You know, it's it's as simple as as the old adage, and I mean, I don't want to go all morality tale on you guys, but it's just treat people the way you want to be treated. Why, why in the world would I treat someone like crap because they don't like the prequels? Why would I treat someone like dirt because they like Star Wars more than Star Trek, or like Star Trek more than Star Wars? We're not, you know, why? There's no sense in it. You know, are we going to have the same views on things no but that's fine that's fine that's fine we can all get along uh there's nothing wrong with discussion and debate as long as it's respect and consideration maintains the balance thanks uh thank you for all from all your listeners for setting an example the way you conduct your podcast the type of guests you have on your show and the good-natured way that you debate hot button issues you've helped keep my spirits lifted during a difficult year in my life wow well i'm glad uh i'm glad to know roger that uh that we've been a bright spot for you. If there's a brightest center in the universe, you're on the planet that's farthest from. Uh, so uh, hang in there, buddy. Appreciate the kind words. Thank you so much for, for getting in touch, sir. You're, you are um, you're a good man, and I appreciate the kind words. So uh, have, a great, have a great one, and, and I'm sorry I read that on live because I don't like to read stuff like that. Brian Beauchamp chimes in. Steve! I'm absolutely love, love, loving the Topps Star Wars card trader app in the worst way. I'm having so much fun with the thrill of the hunt, trading with friends, and filling with the collections. It's also pretty cool how the characters are so detailed. Even some of the secondary characters you don't get to see close up on screen. Topps has done a great job with the app, giving you enough free credits daily and weekly to make the app enjoyable and fun without having to have a ton of in-app purchases. Just wanted to share my excitement. That's all. Bobby Boshan, signing off. I am doing the Tops Trader app, and it is addictive. I've I've really chilled out the past week because I did actually make some in-app purchases that I regret making. Because um, ain't no sense in that. I, I don't regret making them, but it's just you know it's like, uh, why am I spending money on things that don't exist? I have ideas for them to make the app a hundred times better, but they need to get in touch with me uh, to hear said ideas um if you want to add me as a friend they don't have a good friend adding um system on there but if you want to add me on as a friend send a trade or something um you know i will i i'm pretty good if you're just getting duplicates from me i'll definitely just you know trade them away from me if you need them you know do that uh i really appreciate it um 
so uh, so so get in touch with me on that. Steve G one twenty five on the Tops Trader app, and uh, I'd like to get in touch with those guys and have them on the show just to talk about it. I loved collecting cards back in the day. Loved it, I, and um, I still do, man. I love the Tops Galaxy Star Wars Galaxy cards that came out. I've got a full set of the first series and most of the second series, and I, I don't know what series they're up to now, but they just the art that's in those things, everything just great. Um, moving right along here, uh, Andrew Queen and chimes in. He says, "Steve, Superior Spider-Man was awesome. I picked up, I picked that up in trades and could not stop reading it." Um, oh wait, I've read this one before. Sorry, Andrew. He was just singing the praises of Spider-Man. Um, let's see. What else have we got here? Got someone sending me videos. We're not going to watch. Drew chimes in. He says, good day, Steve. I just want to personal thank you for all you do. Uh, well, thank you for listening to all that I do. I appreciate that. Um, secondly, I ran across a song you might not, you might like. Uh, it's not a rock out loud thing, but it's called Four Chords by the band Axis of Awesome. Well, as always, when someone puts the link immediately to the YouTube and if Alicia's still in the chat, uh, Alicia, if you can put that link to that song you put a while ago, I don't think she's still around, though. Um, let's hear what this is. Axis of Awesome. Four chords. Recognize this? Yeah, yeah, that's Don't Stop Believing by Journey. And the cast of Glee. Yeah, there's a few more songs with the same chords. Check it out. My life is brilliant. My love is pure I saw an angel Of that I'm sure People killing People dying Children hurt and you hear them crying Can you practice what you preach Won't you turn the other cheek Forever young I wanna be Forever young I won't hesitate No more No more it cannot wait I'm your lipstick stains On the front lobe of my left side brains I knew I wouldn't forget you if I could Then I would I'd go wherever you will And go. <laughs> nice. Nobody wants to see us together. Uh, they're really nasally in their singing, but uh, I've seen that before. That's pretty funny stuff, Drew. Thanks for sending that in. Um, he says, uh, lastly, for the Gold Book Club, The Martian. Uh, and this is for the Gold Book Club, so we're going to have to hang on to that. If you want to join the, the Goliverse Book Club, do so by heading over to geekoutonline.com slash reads, geekoutonline.com. Dot com slash reads. It'll take you to the Goodreads page for the Goliverse Book Club. Our uh, our our book this week is going to be uh, the or this month rather is going to be The Martian. I enjoyed the mess out of that book. It was so so good, and um, and I can't wait to talk about it with uh, with uh, Rod and whoever else calls in at the Goliverse. Book Club. Matthew Marks chimes in. He says, let me say that discussion of Lord of the Rings was awesome. I would totally like to hear you guys talk more about Lord of the Rings book by book. I'm rereading The Silmarillion now 
and can't wait to read Lord of the Rings again after that. Steve Schoenborn, thank you for your description of the book version of Aragorn. I've never quite been able to put into words how the book Aragorn is better than the film version. And that's what's so great about the films. Wait, you might say. I thought you said the book was better. Here's what I meant by that. On the surface, there's a danger to watching the films. That when you go back and read the books or reread them, you'll interpret the characters in a way that's influenced by the films. So, for example, you'll read something about Aragorn being reluctant to show his kingliness, his refusal to go to Minas Tirith at first, for example, and think, right, like in the movies. Or when you read the exchange between Denethor and Faramir, you think, right, he has issues because his father loved Boromir more, just like in the movies. But once you look deeper and look for the contrast, you get a much deeper understanding of the character. By having something to compare and contrast against, you can more easily understand what the author is telling you about a character. I also like Steve Lawson's question about why Tolkien used the West instead of the East as a source of hope. That is something I'd never really thought about much. My first stab at the answer was that the West is the direction the sun travels across the sky. So by following the, following the sun, you go west, but I like Schoenborn's answer better. In fact, the sun thing has more to do with why we traditionally look to the east for hope. The sun rises in the east, so that's where hope comes from. In Tolkien's stories, the Silmarillion, uh, the sun originally rose in the west from Valinor, traveled east across the sky, and then came back across the sky and set again in Valinor in the west. So I think in that way, Tolkien tied in his use of the west with the traditional use of the east. Wow. I'm sure that last paragraph was boring, incomprehensible to anyone who's... No, I totally get it, and that's a great point that you make by going back to the Silmarillion about our, our conversation we had. He says, I was going to talk a bit about how The Hobbit came to tie into the rest of Tolkien's Silmarillion mythology, but I think I've gone on long enough. Maybe one day I can come on and talk Tolkien. I'd have to... And so I appreciate it, Matthew Marks. We may have you on sometimes. You never know. Matt Marks, the one true fan of the Bad Impersonations Theater. We've got uh, Dominique Garant, International Man of Mystery, chiming in with some quick snippets. One, if Vader meets Maul in Rebels, will he want to avenge Qui-Gon, or is that part of Anakin that went away when he turned? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I think if Vader meets Maul in Rebels, it's all about killing him to be the true Sith apprentice. I, I don't think Qui-Gon comes into play at all. Number two, speaking of come, comeback, when do you think we'll see Ventress in Rebels? I have no idea. Uh, I hope we do. Uh, I hope we can get her story wrapped up. Number three, I just rewatched Predator. It has two ex-governors in it. That's right, Arnold and Jesse Ventura. So I guess it's the most political movie of the 80s. Indeed. Fantasy fiction mashups. This is number four. Boba Fett versus Predator. Enough said. Oh, my Lanta. Um... Predator would just chop off Boba Fett's head. I love Boba Fett. Star Wars fan all the way I am. But we know that the Fets tend to die uh, pretty easily. Why do you... Or number five. Who do you think would win in a fight between the Black Widow and the Baroness? <laughs> Dominique says, me? I think we'd all win. Um, if you're talking about movie version, movie or comic versions, uh, Black Widow all the way. She's a super spy. She was trained from birth. Baroness has a weird origin story. So, yeah, so thank you so much for that, uh, Dominique, and uh, thanks for chiming in and, and being a supporter of the shows in all the ways that you do. John Reed chimes in and uh, says, uh, he says, he needed a good laugh, so during his lunch break, he sat down and recorded something. Um, <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> This is actually pretty funny. Um, this is from John Reed. He, he heard me talking about how I enjoyed the Serial podcast. 
from NPR. And, um, and so he made this. This is a prepaid phone call from Trix the Rabbit, an inmate at the General Mills Correctional Facility. From the 30-something movies podcast, in conjunction with the Big Honkin Show and Geek Out Loud, it's serial. One story told one breakfast at a time. I'm John Reed. For the last year, I've spent every moment of my working day looking into the whereabouts of a cartooned character on one weekday morning. In fact, I should probably clarify, he's not just any cartoon character. He's a serial mascot. You might have heard of Trix, the bunny from the Trix cereal box. I'm a rabbit. That's Trix. Don't call me a bunny, you know I'm a rabbit. Isn't it the same thing? I ask him. No, man, it's not. It's like how people think about you, right? Like, how long do you think I'll last here as the Trix bunny? I should probably mention that Trix is an inmate at the General Mills Correctional Facility in Golden Valley, Minnesota. He's here because he was convicted in the murder case of Sonny the Cuckoo Bird. I'm not sure he's guilty, though, so I've gone back and poured over the case files. My first stop was the lead investigator on the case, Captain Horatio Magellan Crunch. Now, Captain Crunch is your typical investigator, constantly wearing a Napoleonic naval uniform and a doggedly determined look in his eyes. I knew he was guilty from day one. We didn't even doctor his voice. He's always this exuberant. The biggest lead we had from the beginning was Lucky. We did question the gang of Soggies, but they had an airtight alibi. They were stealing Crunchberries. He and Trix were supposed to be good friends, and Lucky claimed he had been with Trix for most of the morning in question. In case you're wondering here, Lucky is Lucky the Leprechaun. He's the mascot for the Lucky Charms cereal. Oh, they're always being after me, Lucky Charms. Except for Trix. And he was a wee bit more angry about it all. As part of a nutritious breakfast, we took a ride in my car. I, Trix didn't tell anybody, but he was secretly an addict. So I scored some pink hearts, orange stars, yellow moons, and then we smoked some green clovers. By the time we were good and high, we finished it off with some blue diamonds and purple horseshoes, and just talked for a while. Then came what I wasn't sure I wanted to hear. He was telling me about how much he hated it when the kids put him down and called him a silly rabbit. All the time. I mean, they're after me lucky charms all the time, but they never called me names. You can see where after a while it kind of wears on a person. Was this true? Was this because he was being called names? A silly rabbit? Was Trix's anger fueled by racism? And then out of the blue one day, I got a phone call. I didn't know who it was, and they didn't leave their name. But they gave me an interesting tip. Follow your nose! I tried to get him to comment further. It always knows! But that was all I could get. I felt like I was back at square one, and I had really just started looking, so it wasn't really that far to go back. Hey, so I was probably the last person to see Sonny the Cuckoo Bird. We'd hang out from time to time. This was Sugar Bear. He seemed to be friends with everybody and seemed to know what was going on all over the place. It wasn't like he was worried about nothing. But he and Trix did have an argument not that long back. I tried to calm everybody down and say, Hey, cool it, man. Just chill. The next time I spoke with Trix on the phone, I asked him about this argument. Okay, look, I didn't 
didn't argue with anybody, all right? I, I, all I've ever wanted was just some cereal, just some tricks. And the kids, they just kept t- taking it from me. And Yeah, no. You know, it, I just, I don't know. I don't think I can talk about this right now. I just don't think. No, it's okay. It's just making me think about all the fruity flavors. Totally. And I just, you know, in here, you just have to hold on to hope and not think too much about the outside. And I get it. You know, I, I, I think I have to go. I don't think I can talk about this. I, 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 I got the idea that things weren't great at home for tricks. He'd had a reputation for years as someone who would steal cereal from children. It seemed to me to be a classic case of parental neglect. And what kind of life is that? For a bunny. I told you I'm a rabbit. Not to get cereal at home. Then a friend of Trix and Lucky's turned me on to one other person that might have some information on Trix's home life. This was Tony the Tiger, and unlike everybody else who seems to have a penchant for stealing and running away from children trying to steal their cereal, Tony was a motivational life coach. And he really had a different outlook on everything. And so when he knew that things weren't quite right, with Trix's family and his home life. He thought that that might have something to do with why he ended up in jail. Oh, by no means were things great for him at home. I tried to coach him to let go of his anger, to show him he's a tiger inside, but not an angry tiger. He'd get so mad at all the ridicule and everything else he was hearing from all the other people and all the other kids. I told him, let it go, tiger. But Trix, he just couldn't. Still, I'd spent a long time looking over this case, and there were still things that just didn't add up. Next time on Serial. We'll meet Trix's attorney, Count Chocula, who several people said was a little strange. Oh, and he'd always be making these outrageous requests, like holding the court dates at night and such. That's next time on Serial. Serial, the breakfast podcast, has been produced by John Reed, the host of the 30-something movies podcast. Music from this episode came from the actual Serial podcast, which is awesome, and you should check it out at serialpodcast.org, as well as the artist Steve Combs from the album Theme Songs and Atom Bombs, featured on freemusicarchive.org. You can find the 30-something movies podcast on Twitter, at 30podcast, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash 30podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the great John Reed, we call him Pipes, and I'm I'm in all. I'm in all. It, it is, check out 30-something podcast. John Reed is going, I, that's probably the last great thing I get from John, because He's going to be doing his own great stuff for his own great podcast, 30-something podcast. Check it out. Uh, he goes on to say, in other news, I was wondering if you could announce something on Goal for me and put it out there uh, on Twitter and Facebook. I would love to get together with some of the Zoo Crew Guardians of the Goaliverse that might be headed to C2E2 in Chicago at the end of April. I'd like to gauge the interest level in doing something like that before I start thinking through details. Basically, the announcement is this. Who's going to be at C2E2 and like to meet up with Goliverse friends on either Friday or Saturday or Friday night or Saturday night of the con? Let John Reed know, either through the Twitter or email. Bald-headed Rod's going to be around, try to bump into John. Um, 
So it's a good opportunity to uh, to get together, guys, if you're up in Chicago at C2E2. Finally, he says, I'm really looking forward to the next book discussion. I'm hoping I'll be able to call in, but I wanted to publicly thank whoever chose The Martian. It is by far one of the funniest books I've read in years. Of the book recommendations I've received from the Goliverse, I've enjoyed both Ready Player One and The Martian, but Andy's Weir's book has me laughing out loud constantly. Anyway, that's it. I feel this email was average length, so I deleted the apology I'd started to write. And that comes from pipes john reed so john thank you so much and i want to do more i want to do serial podcast segments for every geek out loud i want us to continue the story and i will help you out however however i can um finally this is one this was really interesting to me this is from dylan newhouse um he uh, he does try to keep getting cards that i only have one of particularly my hair card that i refuse to part with on this tops trader app um, but he sent this in. He said, you might find this ancient post from Ain't It Cool News amusing. And this is the post. Epitode, epitode, epitode? Episode 2. Spoiler. This was published on July 7th, 1998 uh, at by the staff at Ain't It Cool News. He says every time, it says, this is the, this is the poster, Harry or someone. Posting, every time I venture out to post something about the prequels, I knock on wood, toss salt, salt over my shoulder, and slaughter a live chicken. Now, this is 98. This is before episode one was released. I'm not very superstitious, but I doubt like crazy. Hopefully, the following is true because, well, it's a cool sort of thing, but we all have our heads screwed on backwards over the episode one, much less giving thoughts to episode two and three, right? Well, I know a lot of people are dying for two and three and, and not that excited about one. These people are insane, but hey, it's their sanitarium. The following, if true, notice the if, is a spoiler. After I reach zero, you'll have no gripes about this. If you do read it, discuss it in secured areas to, so those with innocent eyes and ears don't start riots and plot to blow up Paul Rick Crispy's cachet. 10 9 And this is what he says. <clears throat> this is what the spoiler reads. This was from an emailer to Ain't It Cool News named Mr. E. You have two choices, Bubba. A, post this and be the man of the hour for sharing its Jedi-filled goodness with the huddled masses, or B, don't and regret it for the rest of your popcorn-stuffed life. I have stored in my noggin prequel info that is what may be the ain't it coolest yet to come across the wire. How do I know this stuff? Let's say that I am kinfolk to someone way up the Lucas food chain. My um, source doesn't really fill me in on what goes on at work because he, she knows that I'm a Star Wars junkie and how frequently I lurk on the news net slash rumor site. Yours, Harry, my boy, is creme de la creme. Anywho, <clears throat> this is the email they received. Ain't it cool, by the way? There will be a ship in the prequels, possibly late episode two, a fighter flown exclusively by Jedi Knights with no manual controls. It is a mind-controlled fighter designed as a last-ditch attempt to win the Clone Wars. Don't that kick butt. Think of how this Force fighter changes our POV on A New Hope. When Luke switches off his targeting computer, it'll allude to the mind-controlled Jedi ship. And when Obi-Wan says Anakin was already a great pilot, well, that refers to the pod race in Naboo fight. But r- the real great hot dog piloting comes in 2 or 3 when Anakin gets into one of the above ships. I'll contact you when I receive another one of these juicy morsels. If I was discovered linking info, pal, I'd be done for. I'm sending this message via a friend in Texas. You can email me there, believe it or not. Uh, but my first scoop and all subsequent scoops will be validated in 99, 2002, or 2005. And he says, until next time, I remain mystery. Now back to Dylan's email to our show. The kicker, I was the scooper in question. In my, You were an evil, evil man, Dylan Newhouse. 
In my defense, I was 18 in 1998. My motivation wasn't exactly to fool people, but to see how easy it was to fool a rumor site into running BS. I want to know how much of what I was reading back then to take seriously. The message to Harry itself was intentionally silly in its wording. Still, it's pretty embarrassing to read back now. But hey, if you want to kill a couple of minutes on Go With It, be my guest. Moral of the story, don't believe all the Force Awakens rumors out there. I know things have changed since 1998, and I'm sure real info has leaked, but I guarantee you fan speculation now right lies get passed off as legit in order to rack up clicks. Uh, he says, I believe I apologize to anyone who believed the dopey post. Surely the statute of limitations has passed. Indeed it has, Dylan. Almost 20 years have gone by since that post to Ain't It Cool News, and you did get one out there. Obviously this was the early days of Ain't It Cool, and so obviously they would, Harry may not have had the connections that he has now, Harry Knowles there, uh, and, and he would post that there. But I think that's so cool that you as an 18-year-old kid uh, emailed that in and it got posted. And I wonder if that... I, 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 my question is, is how much did that get run with? How quickly was that nipped in the butt? Especially in light of episode two when we started hearing about the Jedi Starfighter and that sort of thing. And the headband that Obi-Wan was wearing uh, while piloting it, you know, we saw in some of the trailers and everything. I wonder how much of this kind of continued on. Uh, that'd be what'd be really interesting to see is where did this rumor actually end? Did it end right here? Were people in the talkbacks, you know, completely crushing your hopes and dreams, young 18-year-old? But it's out there, and it's true. There's been a lot of Force Awakens rumors that just don't line up, but what, what you do is you end up hearing things along and along, and they sound similar, and they sound plausible, and, and, and you start to kind of be able to decipher the BS from the real stuff. So... I'm looking forward to Force Awakens. There's some interesting spoilers that I've heard about. We don't talk about it here on the show uh, because this isn't a spoilery podcast. I like everyone. I like to be spoiler neutral. I, I don't consider trailers spoilers, guys. I think that um, I, I don't understand people who refuse to go watch trailers because they don't want to be spoiled. I love trailers. I love movie trailers. Speaking of which, have you seen the new Mission Impossible trailer? If you haven't, oh my lenta. You need to see, you need to see, you need to see it. it. It'll make you love Mission Impossible all over again. It, like, it's making me want to go back and watch the other four before, because I'm going to go see this movie. It, it looks so good. Um, and finally, I want to send a thank you out to Scott Carmichael. I got a package in the mail the other, the meal, the meal, the mail the other day from Scott. And in it, or yesterday at the time of this recording, and in it there was just a blank DVD. Not blank, but not written on. It was unlabeled. And what Scott did <clears throat> is uh, he actually took the uh, Man of Steel and put it through a stabilizer. Now, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but apparently the, the, the shaky cam, he got to go away. I'm really looking forward to watching this thing like that to see if it makes me like it any better. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so I just want to say thank you, Scott, for that. I know it was a lot of work and I appreciate you, uh, you, you doing that. It's, it's really cool. And, um, and, and thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, 
having said all that, guys, I don't know of anything else really to talk about uh, at the moment. Um, let me see. I don't. All my emails aren't showing up here for some reason that need to be showing up. So let me. Let's do this, guys. Let's move over to a different inbox and and make this happen because I am looking forward to playing this for you guys. There's one other piece of audio. Um, if I can find it, that I would like to play. So, here we go. Um... Round three's back. We took a five-year break because we just really needed some last time. Yeah. Also, we forgot the passwords. I did forget the But we're back. We're back. And we've got 52 episodes already recorded, ready to go. Uh, and they're not dated at all. <laughs> but they're still fun. I honestly have always said that was the most fun thing I think we have ever done. Just to me, it was just the epitome of us getting to be ourselves yeah it's just fun and silly and round three was a 15 minute three time a week show monday sorta, wednesday friday sort of 15 it's 15 to 20 minute yeah, um sometimes. 15 to 15 to 45 minutes there you go um three times a week show monday wednesday friday we're hoping to stick to the same format but we're, we're gonna tinker with it and see what works for our schedules this time in which steve and i and the big throw up wheel as we would like to call it, the big Wheel of Fortune wheel would tackle three topics in short five to ten minute increments each. And then we would have our SmackDown split decision Fridays. SmackDown throwdown. Yeah. Smack your mama. Somebody. Somebody. Turn around, pick a bale of cotton Fridays. <laughs> where, um, Jimmy crack corn, I don't care. And I don't care. Fridays, where the three topics would each be something versus something. So it would be like Rocky 1 versus Rocky 2, which was better. Or, you know, Rocky 3 versus Rocky 5, what was better. Mm-hmm. Let's skip Rocky 4 because it's the best. Just kidding. I can hear you get so mad just then. Um, no, I was thinking. I was I was surprised. Like, I was like, because a lot of people crap on Rocky 4. I love Rocky 4. I do too. I love If you could change. We could change, and I could change. Everybody could change. Rocky the Four and Superman. Superman. Rocky Four and Superman Four are basically the same movie. I mind blown. <laughs> mind blown. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? No. I mean, my mind is blown. Uh, That's so why I started three. playing the music. So round three is back. Check us out on Twitter at Round Three Show. Really quickly, let's talk about This Is Madness, the tournament going on at StarWars.com. This is madness.starwars.com. The second rounds are all over. The votes have been tallied. R2-D2 beat Princess Leia 57% of the vote to 43% of the vote. Nice close match there. Obi-Wan and Yoda battled it out. Obi-Wan pulled ahead and won 52% of the vote to 48% of the vote. Chewie and Han. Han, 69% of the vote. Chewie, 31% of the vote. Uh, Jar Jar Binks beat Padme Amidala in the first round with 62% to 38% of the vote. 
and he was pitted against Captain Rex in the second round and just barely lost. I think there was a group of trolls trying to push Jar Jar onto the top. Not that Jar Jar's not a good character to see win, but I think there were a lot of people just trying to skew the skew the voting their direction. So Jar Jar loses to Captain Rex, 48% of the vote to uh, 52%. Tarkin defeated General Grievous, uh, 59% to 41% of the vote. Boba Fett, of course, over Jango Fett. In a close race, 47% to 53%. At one point, I, I logged in and Django was ahead. Vader over Maul, 75% of the vote. And Jabba the Hutt over Pre Vizsla. Uh, I, I'm not getting that. That's not pulling up for me. Uh, 67% of the vote to 33% of the vote. So now, right now, what's happening at the time of this recording is Obi Wan versus R2, and he is leading 55% of the vote to 45%. It's Tarkin versus Fett, and Fett leading by a huge margin with 71% of the vote. Coming up next uh, in the light side category, round two will be Han Solo versus Captain Rex. i got to imagine Han Solo takes that by a landslide. And on the dark side, Darth Vader versus Jabba the Hutt. Got to imagine Darth Vader takes that. So you're going to have Vader versus Fett on the dark side most likely. And if things continue to go this way, Obi-Wan versus Han on the light side. Han could pull out a win over Obi-Wan. I don't see Fett beating Vader, and it could come down to Han Solo versus Darth Vader in the final championship match of This Is Madness. So uh, I love it. I've been having fun with it. I've, I miss a little bit more of it than I like to, but um, but it's still good stuff, and, and I love that they do this every year and looking forward to uh, to more and more of it. And that, my friends, is that. We're going to wrap it up. And uh, I want to thank Scott Rifen for taking time to talk to us. Riley Blanton for taking time to talk to us. Make sure that you're checking out uh, Dinner for Geeks, that you're checking out my Star Wars story, the Star Wars Report, all great things. 30-something podcast. Uh, thanks uh, to Jimmy and Georgia for sending in the Round 3 ad. Round 3 will be coming back soon to a podcast feed near you. Hey, if you're going to Celebration in Anaheim, don't forget the Celebration of Worship. That's Sunday morning in the Huntington Room of the, uh, I forget which hotel it is, but it's going to be good stuff. Find uh, Craig Batts or Greg Fields or any of those guys involved around Celebration and get all the deets from them and and at Hero Ministries on Twitter. uh, Follow them to get all the information about Celebration of Worship. Coming back to Star Wars Celebration uh, later on uh, this year, the Sunday of Celebration. So you want to make sure that you, if that's something you want to be a part of, that you're there for that. You'll enjoy it. It's going to be a good, good time. Let me get that information to you. It is the uh, Huntington Room of the Hilton Anaheim on the fourth floor. Services will start at 8 a.m. and will be done by 9.30 to make sure that everyone's able to get over to the convention center before the doors open. Craig Batts speaking along with... Um, Aaron Welty and Stephen Weiss will be there, so make sure if that's something you're into, get around and check it out. It'll be a good, good time for you. The email is geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch with us over that way and let us know what's on your mind and what you've been geeking out about. Facebook.com slash geekoutloud. 
twitter.com slash geekoutloud or at geekoutloud on Twitter, at Steve Glosson on Twitter, at Goliverse on Twitter. And we thank you for following us and keeping up with the shows that way. If you want to support the shows directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash geekoutloud, patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Thank you to all of our supporters. You've literally saved my life over the past year, and you mean the world to me. Can't thank you enough for all that you've done to help support the shows. If you want to support the shows and can't do it directly that way, head over to geekoutpodcast.com or geekoutonline.com and uh, use the Amazon link. So do all of your Amazon shopping. It helps out the shows in a big, bad way when you do that, as well as uh, leaving iTunes reviews for this show and others in the Goliverse. When you head over to uh, the Goliverse uh, podcast, Mark Out Loud, Rock Out Loud, Disney Vault Talk, Know What I'm Saying, Geek Out Loud, all of these shows are greatly helped by you leaving positive reviews on iTunes. People find us more and more that way. Desperately need your help with that. So, guys, please help us out and do that. It would mean the world to us. I thank you so much for your support. I thank you for giving me a safe place to geek out as we have some fun together doing this thing. If you're in the Chicago area, get in touch with John or Bald-Headed Rod. Let them know you're going to C2E2. And when you'd like to hang out, Goliverse fans, listeners, not fans, listeners, unite. Have a great night, great day, great week, a great whatever. We'll see you next time on Geek Out Loud.